Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconado Podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. It is Thursday, the 18th of February. Half of the country is in a deep freeze. And I know many of our listeners have been writing me saying, Pastor Todd, please pray for me. We are in a deep freeze down here in Texas and other states. And so I just want you to know we have been praying for you. And I actually want to talk about some of this because I think there's some there there. It's worth at least mentioning. But just so you know, yes, we're praying. We're believing that the Lord is going to uh, protect those uh, that are crying out to him right now. And we're praying for a quick restoration of power. But I I have to say, I think there's more to this story, and the more I've been investigating, I actually got contacted by a whistleblower of one of the major utilities in the Texas region, and they said they have information which they wanted to share, so I started going down this rabbit uh, hole, and what I found was troubling. Kind of remind me of Enron a little bit. Remember Enron? Um, that was a major power company that ended up being exposed for a lot of corruption uh, quite a while back. And so uh, we're finding that there's corruption here. And so this isn't just happenstance. This isn't just something that just happened and organically there's this major problem. There's actually a lot of history behind how we got to where we are today. And by the way, it's not the, um, the, the Republican leadership that I would be pointing the finger at per se. I think this is an orchestrated effort to actually make Texas look bad because Texas has been a shining city on a hill, if you will, for the rest of the country when it comes to uh, just so many people have been moving there by the droves. And uh, they're doing that because of affordable housing uh, and a good lifestyle that's available in Texas. And it is getting pretty crowded as people are fleeing to Texas. In fact, people have even talked about Texas becoming its own country. And uh, while this has been happening, mostly, you know, a lot of conservatives and people that are people of faith, people of God, maybe you are one of those people. We actually thought of moving to Texas a while back out of California. Um, I love Texas. It's one of my favorite places to go. And, uh, and, and you know, the, the roads are clean, uh, nice people, good food, uh, you know, more Christians out in that area, or at least people that are professing Christians. Uh, but there's a lot of major churches and ministries and influence and uh, money and all kinds of things that uh, are, are part of the environment in Texas. And so let me go over just a little bit about this uh, situation, what I've heard. Now, this is, I'm very careful because I always tell you guys, this is, I'm looking for a long-term relationship, not a, uh, a short, quick relationship where I just say a bunch of things and then they don't happen. And then people are like, oh, I can't really trust this guy. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for long-term remnant warriors to do life together that we can truly be about the gospel of Jesus and getting the word out, you know, getting the truth out and finding solutions. I'm finding a big part of this show and what we're doing as remnant warriors and Gideon's 300 is, is we're literally finding solutions, workarounds, ways that we can be effective and I can't even tell you how encouraged I am to see the outpouring of people that have reached out that are interested in being local remnant warriors and uh, city remnant warriors and leaders. And, you know, we're going to have to put together a whole structure here because there is definitely something to this in, in developing uh, a strategy. Now, that has to be a God strategy. It can't be a flesh strategy. And so that's why I want to get everybody on a Zoom call. Maybe we can pray and talk this through. And I want to hear your heart. And some of you have already wrote me some things that God has been putting on your heart. And I'm trying to dig through as many of those emails as I can. But I think it's amazing. And it's encouraging. And it just shows me that, that we are over the target here in wanting to be the church and effectively getting outside of the four walls. Nothing wrong with being in the four walls as far as worshiping and coming together as the ecclesia and encouraging one another. And I'm all for that. In fact, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. We've been talking about that throughout this whole COVID situation where I think it's essential 
to meet, to have uh, roots and fellowship and accountability. And, you know, the church uh, offers many different things that are essential to the life of a, a believer. So I don't feel that we should be isolated or think that every church is bad or anything like that. I'm all for assembling and I'm all for pastors. And that's why I say I'm not a, a, a Christian, you know, body of Christ basher. I don't want to be bashing people because I know 17 years in the, in the, as a pastor, how hard it is to pastor a church. So that's not what I'm here for. But what I will say is we need, we need to be a more effective in, in getting out of the four walls and reaching our communities and changing this culture. And I think this is a huge wake-up call that we've just seen in our country. It's a huge wake-up call uh, as God is shifting the leadership. Look what's happening. It's a changing of the guard. Uh, one of the most influential radio personalities of all time just went home to be with the Lord yesterday. You know, Carmen, another one, just went home to be with the Lord. So there's a shifting of the guard. I think we may see more of this, actually, because we're going into new wineskin, new territory. And I believe there's going to be a great outpouring. We're already seeing elements of this in our country. So, you know, we're going to kind of be walking through a revival is what we're going to be doing on this show is walking through a revival that's coming and, and highlighting it and reporting on it. But also part of this revival is, is that we need to have uh, this, this, it's almost like an underground railroad, you know, I mean, it's going to be like the remnant underground railroad where, you know, we don't know how things are going to go, how they're going to turn out in our government. We're praying that our government is going to turn around and the corruption is going to be revealed and exposed and that we're going to see uh, an extension of, actually, I wrote a book about this called The Great Reprieve, but an extension of the reprieve. Uh, but right now, we're not in that. Right now, we're in a very troubling time where as we look at things in the natural when it goes to the executive orders and the things that the quote-unquote Biden administration is doing. I don't know if he's in D.C. or somewhere else, but uh, we'll just say he's in D.C. Um, you know, it looks like uh, D.C. is a war zone right now. I mean, the, everything, my friend just sent me pictures from the uh, the courthouse there at the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court has uh, fences with barbed wires around them as well. Wild stuff that we're seeing, and uh, some people don't have a, a good explanation. I, don't, I haven't heard a good explanation as far as uh, why they continue to have these troops in D.C. other than for the fact that they're scared of the people. I mean, that I don't know, you know, unless there's some other underlining thing that we don't know about. I know there's a lot of uh, opinions of why uh, these troops are there, but I mean, regardless, it's unprecedented. And these imagine how these troops are, by the way, right now in this freezing cold. I pray these men and women are being kept warm and in facilities where it's warm because I can't even imagine what it must be like for these troops to be still in D.C. They're still there right now, ladies and gentlemen. And, um, and we need to understand more about, you know, the, the Biden administration or whatever they are needs to explain to us what is the purpose because there's no issue with, uh, they're, they're trying to paint MAGA supporters or Trump supporters, you know, out like we're the problem. We're going to come down there and do something. So, you know, clearly there's got to be some other uh, underlining story that we don't understand. But back to Texas, you know, I will tell you this. This is mainstream news. This is not conspiracy. This is mainstream news. You can find it. China is now admitting they have advanced weather weapons and technology where they are uh, advancing their weather weapon program. They're, they're really getting good at it. It's, it's almost like, um, you know, science fiction. I mean, they're, they're able to control the weather. Now, we know since the 1960s, this technology has been around and the United States has dabbled with it and other countries have the same technology or, you know, a little bit uh, different but similar where it's, they're able to control the weather. Many people talk about HARP and uh, different systems here in the United States. But trust me, the HARP is, is pretty outdated at this point. They have 
very advanced uh, technology when it comes to weather, uh, you know, weather manipulation. They call it weather warfare. And so how do we know when we're being attacked? Is it, I mean, it could be the deep state that could be, uh, now, now it could just be a regular snowstorm. Don't get me wrong. They happen. But I know it's been uh, at least several decades since there's been this part of the country uh, where I'm in, you know, it's the, the central area of the country or Texas or, you know, the lower portion of the country that's got hit this hard with, with such a severe snowstorm that's affects, affecting infrastructure. Now, the interesting thing about it, and, and for those that are uh, more in the Midwest and, and the upper Midwest, you know, you're, some of you have gotten it pretty bad and some of you gotten even worse. But Texas uh, has really suffered. You've heard a lot about this uh, the storm in Texas because, first of all, there's a strain on the grid there. There has been a lot of people that have moved into Texas, you know, and, and like I was mentioning earlier. But I also am now hearing reports from whistleblowers where they've actually just turned the power off or the pumping stations off. And it's almost like a man, you know, made emergency issue. So it really could have been avoided. And we're also hearing that, you know, for years they've been lobbying with this green energy bringing it into Texas and Texas has a, a very powerful energy production system but they've been bringing in this green energy I talked a little bit about it on yesterday's show and so it there's a lot of things that could be in play here it could be uh, the deep state it could be the Biden camp that that you know honestly wanted to hurt Texas as they they had just now again this is opinion okay but I'm just I'm just putting this out there for us to have this conversation because it is weird and it's troubling and it's concerning to think that this could happen in America today. And when we, when we combine this with COVID and all the other weird things that have been happening, and then we look at the plan of the Great Reset and Charles, uh, Charles, I always call him Charles Schwab, Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab, which by the way, some people say Klaus Schwab is kind of like the president of the United States, which, you know, since Biden's been in. He's got a lot of power. This is the man that's in charge of the World Economic Forum in Davos. Many people don't even talk about him. I talk about him because I've researched. I've researched their websites. I've researched their agenda. I see how it ties into UN Agenda 2030. This is all stuff that they don't want you knowing about, okay? And, you know, some of the things that they talk about, and by the way, you know who's a frequent speaker over there at Davos? Uh, yeah, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, what a, what a surprise. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Clinton Foundation, all these evil foundations that really have these globalist agendas that if you talk about, you're a conspiracy theorist, even though it's right on their website. They, they don't think that we're smart enough to go to their website and they don't think that we're smart enough to listen to them speaking. See, I listen. I know it's boring to some people. I listen to the Davos uh, speeches, the ones that are available. I listen to these little seminars and things that they have, the ones that they let you hear because who knows if there's other ones. I'm sure there is secret uh, sessions that we can't hear. But you know, I do listen to these people, Klaus Schwab and others, when they speak, Bill Gates. And it's not a conspiracy because I'm literally watching and listening to them. And I'm a pastor who's sitting here and saying, okay, I'm going to tell you what I just heard from this man's mouth, from his own lips. And people say, conspiracy, conspiracy. But when you put all these things together, it's alarming because they just talked about this. They just talked about food shortages. Literally. I just literally heard them talking about this. And now we're seeing, you know, in the United States of America where there's, there's what I think it could be. And again, this is opinion. But this could be an engineered crisis. Now, I don't know how it all works. I don't know if they really used a weapon, a weather weapon. I don't know that. I mean, that would have to take some serious action from what we call the deep state or from the cabal or from, you know, the Biden group. 
which he's a cabal, a cabal puppet. We all know that he's a cabal puppet. You know, he's not really making the decisions. This is all, I mean, he, what, what decisions does the guy even make? I saw a picture of him playing video games the other day. I mean, it's so crazy. So, you know, meanwhile, uh, Harris is out there talking to the foreign leaders. So, you know, apparently she's already kind of getting ready to, we all know if this goes forward and there's not uh, something that happens to expose all the corruption and all the stuff that just happened, in the 2020 election, if this continues to go forward, we know their plan is to put Harris in there. Come on, we all know that. So Harris, that's why she's laughing so much. She's, ha ha, you ever see her laugh? Ha ha ha, she's always laughing at everything. Very, very scary woman, I will tell you. Very scary woman. And I, I really pray that she comes to know Jesus because my goodness, I mean, well, I'll pray for her to know Jesus. I'm not gonna pray for her to succeed in her mission because her mission is evil. Uh, but, but this is the kind of stuff that's going on. So back to Texas, I, I really think we need to have this conversation. And I was thinking about this, and I was like, am I going to bring this up on the show? I think we got to at least bring it up. Now, again, I'm here for the long-term relationship. I'm not here to just put out some nonsense. I do have some credible information from a whistleblower that got in touch with us that says there are some nefarious things happening with the power companies, similar to you know something that may have happened historically with Enron, but just some, some weird things that are happening with these companies, the corporatocracy, I call them. And so it's really not the lawmakers per se in Texas. It's more of the corporatocracy. That's these big corporations, which are aligned with the globalists, which by the way, they just said that we're going to have to stop eating meat and start eating artificial meat soon. That's what we should be doing. And, uh, you know, Bill Gates has been out there talking about this. Klaus Schwab has been out there talking about food shortages. And now we're experiencing, right? I mean, literally just a couple of weeks after that conversation, we're, we're seeing U.S. food shelves in many parts of the country, bear. And again, it all makes sense because their narrative always makes sense. They always have to have a narrative that makes sense. So their narrative, which would be the mainstream narrative here, is simply, you know, we just got hit with a really bad storm and people are freaking out and they're buying all the food and that's pretty much it, right? And all the power went out, by the way, and Texas is really mismanaged. That's what they want you to think. And they always have a plausible narrative where at least it, it it's almost like when you're in a court case and there's reasonable doubt. It's just enough to say, yeah, I guess that could be. Just like with COVID, like, you know, a bat, something happened with a bat and it spread to a wet market and the next thing you know, it's a global pandemic and that's pretty much it, you know? And 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 nothing, nothing to the fact that they just had Event 201 like a couple of weeks before, which they had almost the same scenario in a test drill. There's always these drills. See, I, again, I've been studying this stuff for over 20 years and those of you that are tracking you know what I'm talking about because they always have the drill right before the actual event. It's the same thing with some of these other big major false flag events that they've used to change our laws, to change uh, people by mass um, you know, manipulation of the minds, mass social co uh, conditioning. And, and so that's what they do. And, and many people are now conditioned. We've already been conditioned. Even you and I have been conditioned to some extent with COVID. You say, well, no, I haven't been Pastor Todd. Well, I guarantee you there's some habits that have probably changed that you don't even know uh, because of COVID. You know, they, 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 now we have to worry. I mean, I still hug people and shake people's hand, but when I put out my hand to shake people's hand, some people look at me like I'm crazy. Have you noticed that? Uh, you know, I hug people. People are like, oh, he's a hugger. He's a super spreader, you know? I mean, I tell people I don't really wear a mask. You know, I, I try not to when I go out. And people look at me like I'm some kind of crazy, he's bare face. Oh my gosh. You know, like we're living in some country in the Middle East or something, you know? So this is all stuff that I know you're thinking about that I'm saying, because this is the kind of conversation that remnant people have. So back to Texas again, because I still can't get away from this subject. 
It just is a little odd to me that the the, the one state that has has really stepped up uh, in their in their you know representing their statehood. In other words, showing that they have a state constitution, uh, educating people around the country, other governors, other uh, attorney generals, to really look at this and say, hey, we actually can push back against these you know, executive orders. We can actually push back against this unconstitutional regime that is trying to implement all these, you know, laws that are unconstitutional that that we shouldn't be standing for as citizens. And so the governor has been pushing back. The attorney general has been pushing back. They're saying we're not going to adhere to any type of gun control legislation that comes down. Texas will be basically a sanctuary state. There's even been some talk from the leaders in the Republican Party in Texas of Texas, uh, you know, becoming its own state. I mean, its own country, excuse me. And, and, and actually seeding from the union, you know? So, uh, and I got excited about that because I said, well, if, if, you know, if that's something that actually happens, we might move to Texas or we're hoping our state would also secede and be part of that secession plan. So a, a lot of conservatives and Christians and people are really excited about that possibility. Now, I don't think we're going to have to go there because again, I'm going back to what we're doing as the Remnant Warriors. And uh, many of you have expressed that you absolutely agree with the fact that we are standing and that we're continuing to pray for God to intervene and that we believe there's going to be a major major expose of all the criminality that has just taken place in the 2020 election, that God's going to do something supernatural. And that is what I still firmly believe, and I have not backed down from that stance. But again, there, there's definitely all kinds of talk going on in the country. So anyways, be praying for Texas, be praying for the situation, a lot of corruption and a lot of different things that uh, we need to be talking about that are not part of the mainstream uh, conversation. You're not going to hear uh, some of some of these guys, even in the conservative world, like Ben Shapiro and others. They're not going to be talking about this stuff. They're not going to be talking about it because it's just too hot for them to talk about. It's they, they would their advertisers would pull their advertising money. The big corporations would put pressure on them. The uh, conglomerates, as far as the media, you know, I've gotten offers to be on some of these channels over the years. I've been doing radio since 2011. You know, had some great offers, but every single time they say, well, Todd, you'll have to tone it down about 50%. You can't talk about the cabal and you can't talk about, uh, you know, all these things like globalism and, and the many things that you talk about every single day. You won't be able to talk about that. But And I've thought about it because my influence would probably grow and I would have a bigger audience, but I just can't stop talking about what God's put on my heart. And they probably wouldn't have let me pray for uh, God to intervene in our country either because they would have said that, that could be uh, – because, you know, because I don't know, they'll probably try to tie me in with the uh, what happened at the Capitol, for all I know, right? So we'd rather be an independent uh, radio show like we are. And, uh, you know, we have a great audience. And I, I, I have to tell you, I'm, I've become even more, uh, you know, appreciative of this audience since we've been talking about the Remnant Warriors. And I've seen so many people reach out. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This is what God is doing. He's doing something special in bringing us together. We're going to be reaching out to our communities. We're going to be effective we already are effective, but we're going to be more effective in getting the message out. And there's like it's an underground uh, remnant remnant warrior culture, you know that that's going up against the demonic and the mainstream, which is unfortunately part of that demonic agenda now. And hopefully, and I think through revival, which is new life, you know, as as it happens on the grassroots level, but as the Lord intervenes by His Holy Spirit, and we see the communities changing, people's lives changing. You know, us getting outside of the four walls and getting people saved and set free and healed and delivered. I'm going to tell you something. Something's going to happen. And they're not going to be able to stop it in D.C. Because this is not about D.C. This is about a move of God. So, um, so yeah, uh, let, let me talk about um, 
this, uh, there, I saw an argument on online and people are saying that, you know, some, some people actually, I had a great interview with a gentleman named Lucas, uh, on the show. I actually just posted it on my social media. You can listen, but he just wrote a book about an infiltration into the church from the social progressives. And, uh, there's a lot of Christians that have been duped by this. It's a deception. Now, does that mean that every Democrat is not saved? I'm not saying that. I'm not going to go as far as to say that, but I will say that there's a deception with this social justice infiltration in the church, and they're they're trying to shift the narrative. That it's just like what Satan did in the Garden of Eden. You know, they just change a little bit of scripture, they just leave out a little bit of scripture, they question the uh, doctrine. Uh, which is the solid doctrine, the Greek and the Hebrew. And they say, well, maybe the scripture doesn't really mean that, or maybe we'll leave out a word here. We'll put in a word there. And before you know it, the, the, the whole meaning has changed. And this is a huge battle that we're dealing with as well, because the enemy is always trying to distort the word of God. The enemy is always trying to distort, distort uh, biblical Christianity. The enemy is always trying to deceive us and to get us caught up. So there are many people going to many churches around the country that are deceived right now. And they don't really understand the actual spiritual battle that we're in. And so this is where we're going to have a real challenge, remnant believers, is that we're going to have to try to wake these people up. And it's only going to be done through prayer. And it's only going to be done through divine appointments and also being bold, though. And I think, you know, some of you are really bold on social media and you're really bold in the way that you, I mean, I, I watch it. Some people have an anointing for it. Like I know this one woman, she's just so sweet. And she's, the way that she says it is so good, but she'll tell you the, the blatant truth and, you know, people don't get offended by her because it's her. And, and so God gives certain people anointing for that, where they just hit you over the head with a truth bomb, but at the same time, it's not offensive. So these are the kind of things that we need is, uh, you know, just to wake people up with truth. People do want authenticity. And I will tell you, that was one of the big strengths of Rush Limbaugh. I believe that he was authentic and I believe that he truly had a heart to do what was right. He may not always have gotten everything right, but he had a heart to do what's right. And I think that's what people relate to is you're just looking for somebody that is real, you know, not, not sold out. They haven't sold their soul for money. You know, they haven't sold their soul for whatever reason to be popular or, you know, to be on this radio show or this platform. They're, they're really willing to stand for truth. And, and there's a high cost. And I know that. And I, I think many of you know that as well. You know, you're not going to have the big ministry because I'll tell you, unless God does it, and sometimes God does do it. Uh, look at Billy Graham and others. You know, he, he'll raise you up. When he raises somebody up, you better watch out. But I've seen it far too many times over the years where somebody gets a little bit popular and then they start selling out and they become, you know, mainstream and, and just part of the same, you know, swampy culture, even in the Christian church that we're, that, you know, we're trying to break free from and um, to really make a difference to where we go back to our roots, back to our first love, Jesus Christ, back to operating in the Holy Spirit, uh, not quenching the Spirit, back to getting people truly delivered. How do we do that? You know, what, what is the strategy? Is it, you know, it needs to be a divine strategy, not a flesh strategy. But how do we actually get these people delivered? Listen, I, when I travel around, I will tell you, there's so many families that have been affected by the opioid crisis. I remember I was out in New Mexico and I was really uh, just, you know, it was eye-opening to see how deep the infiltration of the opioid crisis had hit that community and that area. It was an area that I had been in, uh, I think it was in Albuquerque, but, you know, there was an area that I had been in about 10 years ago, and then I went back, and it was like a major change. And uh, that's, that's, you know, for a negative, a negative change because of the alcoholism there, and there's a lot of uh, certain strongholds of addiction in that particular area. Now, of course, there's some powerful believers of Christ, you know, that you may be listening to this broadcast that are from the area, 
But I'm just telling you, I noticed a difference in 10 years, and I'm praying that that stronghold is broken in that territory. I'm going to give you another example, Honolulu. I went to Honolulu when I was younger. I remember there used to be um, you know, a lot of prostitutes there, and there still is. But you know, I remember there was a bad element of, of drug use and a kind of an underculture there. And a lot of the island over the last 10 to 15 years has become Christian. There's been a move of God in Hawaii, and it's really changed uh, a lot of the culture there. And you can see it when you come now. Of course, since COVID, there's been a whole other unfortunate change there because of the leadership, uh, uh, you know, Democrat. So it hasn't fully been uh, set free in Hawaii. In fact, a lot of people want to get off the island because of that and the Democrat leadership there, but, and it's also very expensive, but there has been a move of God on the island and we're seeing it. And that's because of uh, people planting churches there and getting people safe. So what I'm saying is I'm giving you two examples. And, and again, these are imperfect examples. You may live there and have a different view, but this is just my view. But uh, what I have seen is, is a lot of things like this over the years where culture has been shifted in certain areas because of certain moves of God that may not be reported. You may never hear about it unless you actually live there or you go there uh, but the local church and communities have really expanded in getting people saved. And there's been something that's happened. And what happens is it affects the businesses. It affects the culture. It affects the spiritual environment. It affects everything. It affects addiction. It affects people. People are getting saved and set free and healed and delivered. And lives are being changed. And there's a reverberation effect. And so this is what we need in the entire country of the United States is we need, if there's a spiritual awakening, which we know is the only answer is that people return back to God. And back to uh, the, the foundation of what this country was founded on, biblical principles and morals and, and morality and coming back to relationship with Jesus Christ, that's going to reverberate in every single aspect and every single mountain of influence. Now, unfortunately, what's happened in these mountains of influences as it's been opposite is, is that people like George Soros and, and demonic, you know, demonized people have been investing billions of dollars to uh, affect every mountain of influence for the demonic and they've been coming in and, and doing exactly what I spoke about earlier, distorting, deceiving, you know, putting money in to put false people that, that appear to be uh, sheep, but really they're, uh, you know, wolves. And you have to be careful and wise and you have to know the word and you have to walk in discernment. Otherwise, it's easy to be uh, duped by some of these people because some of them are very charismatic. They're great speakers. Uh, they, they're good looking or they have an anointing or some, some reason why people may be drawn to them. They're friendly, they're happy, I don't know, but they're not teaching the real gospel. And that's why we have to have discernment. Discernment is one of the key things that a Christian needs to pray for in this hour because there is so much deception, so much misinformation, so much uh, you know, wickedness that's trying to deceive the body of Christ. We have to walk in wisdom and discernment. We have to. And uh, so I want to get into the devotion. I said I do a devotion in each broadcast. And so uh, I think it's important that we do that. We, we keep each other iron sharpening iron and, and standing. And so uh, many of us are waiting on God. And the question I have for today's devotion is why is waiting on God so difficult? Why is it so difficult? You know, waiting on God is not only difficult, sometimes it's almost impossible. It seems like it is, right? And we want things to happen in our own timing, according to our own plans. But God doesn't operate on our schedules. And expecting that he will uh, do that, it, it sets us up for disappointment. It sets us up for failure. You know, waiting on God, sometimes it, it, it goes without answers to prayer, at least in the, in the immediate. Wondering why the wicked are prospering. You know, having the desires delayed, having the hope deferred. But God has a greater perspective of life's events. And his perspective, his plans and schedules are perfect 
and holy because he's perfect and holy. The psalmist tells us, as for God, his way is perfect. That's Psalm 18 through 30. And if God's ways are, quote, perfect, then we can trust that whatever he does and whenever his timing is also perfect. And when we grasp that fact, waiting on God is not only made less difficult, it actually becomes palatable and even joyful at times. The promises of God are clear on this matter. In waiting on God, we find our strength renewed. Uh, you can use the scripture Isaiah 40 through uh, 31 for that. But we're human and we live in a fast-paced culture. We want everything right now. This is a, a now culture that we live in. And that's one reason why waiting on God seems so difficult. Sometimes the prayers that we lift up to the Lord of hosts, God of heaven and earth, are answered immediately. Isn't that great when that happens? Uh, and that encourages us to further trust and you know believe that God is always working on our behalf. But sometimes the Lord's answers are delayed and maybe even over a, lar- a longer period of time. Are you feeling like that right now? Sometimes, right? And it tests our faith. That's why I want to talk about this. And that's why we can you know, uh, really have to talk about these things uh, when our faith is tested. And, and that's what we're doing right now. Because it causes us to struggle. It causes us to be discouraged. We may even start to wonder whether the Lord is listening or even hearing our prayers. And waiting on God should not cause any of us to doubt or to worry or to be fearful. The Apostle Paul, you know, he tells us not to be anxious for anything in Philippians 4, 6. In fact, the King James Version translates this as a command. Be careful for nothing. This means we are not to be full of care over anything. We should be mindful of nothing that might cause concern except to bring it to God in prayer. Anxiety in a believer suggests a lack of faith, and that actually grieves the Lord. You can see Matthew 8.26 for that. Waiting on God can keep us out of trouble. You know, Abraham had God's promise of a son uh, through the womb of the covenant would be fulfilled in Genesis 15.4. And Abraham and Sarah tried and waited, but they could not have a child. So rather than waiting on God's perfect timing, they unwisely took matters into their own hands, and that's what formed Ishmael. And uh, we see the result of that is still being felt today. That's in Genesis 16. We have to remember that God is in control. That doesn't mean that we're not actionable. It doesn't mean that we don't pray. It doesn't mean that we don't fast. We have to have confidence, though, that God knows our situation. He understands every circumstance, everything that we're dealing with. He totally gets it. And he's for us, not against us. And what is his, his promise? Yes and amen. So, you know, God is not influenced by any other person. You know, obviously, he's pleased when we pray. He's pleased when we're in his perfect will. He desires that. Uh, but he, you know, ultimately, God is in control of our, of our life. He knows the best situation forward for our country. Think about that right now in the situation that we're praying for over our nation. And so it's not easy to wait on him. And it causes us to have a test in our faith and our ability to have faith. And sometimes we want to give up. And sometimes we feel like we've lost control. And sometimes that spirit of depression or oppression tries to come in. But when those things come in, And when they try, I say try because we won't let them. It's a spirit and we have to cast out that spirit, cast down that spirit in Jesus' name that tries to torment us as believers. And so we're going to rise up and believe in faith and trust that God is in fact in control and on the move in our life. He hears our prayers. He responds to the prayers of the righteous. His promise is yes and amen, hope in the future, and God is going to move. And I believe he will. So he desires to have a praying church. He desires to have a praying people praying and believing and trusting in faith that he will do what he has promised. And I believe God's promise for this nation remains. 
I believe we're going to be a Nineveh and repent and turn from our wickedness and have a powerful revival instead of being Sodom and Gomorrah that is destroyed and given in to our sin. I'm believing that because what else is there to believe? If we believe that we're done, then we might as well just pack up and leave now. I mean, what's the point, right? I can go maybe try to find a more righteous country. You know, if, if America is just done, what's the point of having on fire believers here? If, you know, we're just, you know, here for no reason. No, we're here to get people saved. We're here to get people delivered. We're here to bring the hope of Jesus Christ. And I think we can do it not only well, but I think we can do it so good by the power of the Holy Spirit to turn these horrible situations that we're looking at in the natural around. I will quote the scripture again. It says, what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. What's loose on earth is loose in heaven. And we need to understand the authority that we have in Jesus Christ, which is to take back this nation for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to be on fire and to get more people on fire for Jesus by showing them who he really is and what he's able to do because he's willing and he's able. So thank you, Remnant Warriors, for listening to today's show. I didn't even get into the fact, but I wanted to mention this just to keep you thinking about that Texas situation. I didn't even get into the fact that Biden has given control uh, to uh, you know of elements of our power grid over to China as well. So there's, there's so many different things. I just want to get our, our collective brains kind of thinking on this so we can be praying. And uh, this is just the latest assignment to me. It, it, is, it, it could be a deep state event. I mean, I'm not saying for sure. I'm not saying let's say the Lord, but I just find it very fishy. And uh, usually when things are fishy, there happens to be a reason. So uh, let's pray that what has been done in darkness will be exposed. Let's continue to pray for divine revelation. Let's continue to pray for divine strategy. As more people continue to reach out with different things that God has put on your heart, I appreciate it. I just want you to know I read every email. I know I'm not the best in getting back because my day is crazy sometimes, but I promise you I read every email and I do hope to get back to every person that's written us because it's very important to me. You're very important to me. You are precious and amazing people, and I do mean that. And I'm so thankful. I feel so honored to have this remnant connection of the 300 and the remnant warriors. And I, I think we're going to do some very powerful things together. This is only the beginning. And this has nothing to do with the ministry. This has nothing to do with the name. This has to do with God moving in our country and bringing us together. Look, it's got to happen somehow, right? And I believe that's how he's doing it. And, and I'm, I'm looking for just amazing. I'm expectant for miracles. I'm telling you, I'm expectant about what he's going to do and he's already doing. I never thought that he would move in this way. We're now seeing how God is moving in this time. So be safe, be encouraged. Let us know if you have any prayer requests. Um, we, we would have, a, my wife and I have a little prayer request. We have a leak in our, uh, in our roof right now. So uh, definitely be praying for us over that, that it doesn't cost too much money. And uh, also we're pretty um, you know active when it comes to many of the things that we're working on for the ministry right now. I've listed them out uh, a day or so ago on my Facebook page, but many, many ambitious goals, different things that we're doing, including the House of Prayer and, uh, you know, the Remnant Warriors and the podcasts and the, the many various things that we're working on right now, um, the, the, the private server and the the different platforms online and, and just so many different things. So uh, God is moving. I thank you to each and every one of you that is helping us financially. We certainly need it. It's literally the only way that we survive is through your uh, financial offerings and, and gifts uh, in the ministry. And they are uh, tax deductible and uh, we are a ministry. So I do thank you so, so much for your support and I appreciate you. And you can go to toddcoconut.com slash give and uh, or anything else on the website that you want to look at the news of the day we, we post news all day on rmntnews.com and toddcoconado.com and so thank you guys we'll be back tomorrow god bless you